Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guest, Lori Tracta, a former educator and school counselor with over 20 years experience working with kids in the formative years, those special grades, one to eight. Lori's also an author, and she's joining us for an important conversation about death and dying, grief, and being able to talk about it. Her book, Can the Sad Come Out?, is really a great opportunity to help us talk about what is too often a difficult subject and one we avoid. And I appreciate Lori being with us to open us to the experience with her book. Lori Tracta, good morning. It is so wonderful to have you join us this morning. Well, good morning to you. I am so appreciative of you and the work that you've done and bringing us this really special book, Can the Sad Come Out? It's written as a children's book, but really, I would say, Laurie, I wonder if you agree that it it's ageless. Uh, adults get as much value out of it as do ch- would children, but certainly uh, written for for children, I think it then covers the whole gamut. That's absolutely right to my huge surprise, Kate, because um, I have had um, mainly women in their 80s and 90s tell me how much the book has affected them. And I, I could not have been more surprised. And so were they actually then saying it was for them personally, or were they, yeah. oh, okay, well, what isn't, well, that's even more extraordinary then. Well, it is, and a, a very, a good friend of mine that attends my church, um, and who's a bit critical, let's just put it that way, had found um, a, a, a typo in, in the book, and uh I called her to find out where it was, and she said to me, you know, Lori, and she was in her early 80s at that time, she said, you know, Lori, had I read your book before my husband died, before my mother-in-law died, before my mother died, she went through this whole series of individuals, she said, I would have handled it so much better. And I, I, I was stunned. That was the first I've learned about how older people have found the book to help them. And um, and then I've been doing book signings, and I had a couple of older women come in, and they're reading the, reading the book, uh, and they said, you know what, this would be really good for Nancy. This would be really good. So I'm thinking Nancy's a grandchild. And they, I said, who is Nancy? And they said, oh, she's a friend of ours. She's 92, and she just lost her daughter, and she's having a really difficult time. We think this will help her. I said, okay, <laughs> you know. And so that's been a real blessing for me and uh, to see how much further uh, this book is being used um, beyond what I had in mind, you know. Well, and so that is really great insight because we might think, oh, as we progress through life, we learn some aspects of spirituality and we come to peace with life and death issues. But 
as you're just sharing with us, that is not necessarily the case. In fact, you've had a lot of experience then with people uh, coming forth and saying it would have been so helpful back in these other cases. So, uh, so this conversation this morning, I. I think we need to approach it with open hearts and open minds that this is for each and every one of us that wherever we're at on the path uh, is going to give us some really important insights. I think so. Uh, that seems to be the case. And it, it, for children as young as three and four, all the way up, as I've said, to you know, 80s and 90s, and teenagers also, which um, having been uh, educator to teenagers, um, they're not always easy to get to. They can close themselves off in the in a, the death of somebody they care about. And um, uh, a 16 year old that was a, a friend of a friend was having a difficult time, and the mother uh, was given my book, and she said, just set it out. She didn't say you need to read this. She just set it out, and after a week or two, he finally picked it up and took it into his room and came out and said, that's a really good book. And it opened up the conversation between the two of them that wasn't going to be had if she kept persisting to have it. And so these kinds of experiences with the book give me a passion about wanting to get it out, and it's difficult to get it out. Well, that's rather amazing. Maybe because people have somewhat of an aversion to wanting to talk about death, but heavens, it's part of life, right? (laughs) And that comes through so uh, stunningly in the book. And maybe um, if each of us takes that approach and and reads this book, Can the Sad Come Out?, we can uh, really have a better way of living our life taking all of this in, in balance in the way we approach each day. You know, um, that's well said, because I was at a book signing, and this young father, I think he was in his early 40s, he came by my table, and I asked him if he would, you know, look, take a look at it, and he did, and then he put it back down, and I said, well, what did you think? And he said, well, he said, we don't have this problem in my family, and I went... <laughs> What? And and I said, well, I'm, I'm glad that you're not having this problem now, but you will. And he walked off. And about an hour later, he came back. He said, I thought about what you said. <laughs> and he said, I'm going to buy the book. And because he just was skipped a malooing through life, and I was glad for him that they weren't going through any of that. But as you've said, it happens. It happens. It is a part of life, a part of life that we don't want to uh, think about. And regardless of, of our faith, the struggle going through the process of uh, death uh, and the process of the dying process, which I'm going through right now with a friend, um, is difficult. It's difficult, and um, but one thing we lose sight of is that <clears throat> a chicken that wants to get out of the egg, you have to let that chicken struggle 
or it will die. And the same thing is with the caterpillar, which uh, my tippy story in the in the book. Um, getting out of that cocoon, and I've watched it, is a process sometimes of days. And um, there just doesn't seem to be any easy way to move from, to transition from birth to life on this earth. If you've ever given birth, you know that that's a struggle and a process that's essential for the, um, for the baby to be able to survive on the outside. And it's the same thing with us. And uh, as we move from this life to the next life, and that we're spiritual, and uh, people don't think of themselves as spirit, but we, we are. And getting acquainted with that, as you have just said, Kate, is that it is, brings comfort to understand that we're a little more complex and that we do have a spiritual side. And what we learn in the Bible and other uh, religious writings is getting us and hopefully in touch with, with that part of who we are. And as you mentioned the chicken and you mentioned this the story of Tippy and the butterfly the caterpillar butterfly in the book yeah. reminding us that struggle we want to often just get away from struggle but struggle is something that is a part of life and we can see then that progression even with our own birth, the struggle. But look at then what life is. There's so much greatness and joy. And yes, there's pain and there's struggle, but so much that is good to realize that as we go through that process of struggle into the next life, to just trust and believe that something more, even more wonderful awaits us. Yes, and, and through, um, through our lives, from children... And, um, and, and throughout, you know, the, the maturing process, when we go through those struggles and we come out on the other side with insights and experiences that had we not gone through them, we wouldn't have the insights that we have, it gives us courage and, um, and a sense of uh, can-do to approach the next time, because there will be a next time in each successful experience uh, that we have gives us the courage to take the next step. Absolutely. And along with these kinds of stories, um, we may be, uh, someone who picks up the book may not have had the background in in a, a spiritual belief system and some spirituality in their life. And so the way that you talk about spirit, and if you would share that with us, Lori, I think uh, is, again, in such a basic and beautiful way. Oh, thank you. Well, what I've tried to do is to take what we experience here, and uh, the Bible tells us that this world and the beauty of it and everything in it is a picture of God. So what I've tried to do is take the things we know, and the book starts right out with, you know, that you were, you were in your mom's tummy, I uh, used that as a generic thing, 
and um, and that you probably didn't even know that or remember anything about it, but everybody on this planet was born, and everybody on this planet is going to die. And so we've already been through the first part. We have no memory of it, but here we are. And then I try to use things like the wind and your breath, um, your clothes, to talk about things that we can't see but we know exist. We can see clothes, but if we, if we put a hole in our pants, then, you know, we take them off and put them in the trash, and, uh, but it doesn't affect our body at all. It's an outer covering of something that is our body, and then we just get another set of clothes and we go on, but we discard things. And that through the dying process, we discard our physical bodies, but there's more to us than our physical body, that we are spiritual. And we know we're spiritual uh, because we pray, and when we pray, we are praying with our spirit that when uh, we, we breathe, you can't see the air unless it's a really the, the, a cold day, and we have a breath, and we don't see that, but we just breathe whatever number of times we're supposed to breathe every day, and that is something that is a picture of of the spirit of the in, in from my point of view the holy spirit and it is god's way of saying hey guess what there's more to this than just your physical body your need to eat your need to play your need to um have a good time it is also something that brings can be can bring you comfort in the difficult times. Yes. And, you know, by the same token, to just underscore then our breath, you, you use the the wind, and we just know wind exists. We don't see it. We see the results of it, and we just right. ac- accept it. Spirit is right in that same category. Yes, and, and the point is that it's hard to get a concept of something that you can't see physically. But the fact is, and we just don't even, in, we don't even see it <clears throat> in, intuitively sometimes, that we experience a lot of things that we can't see, but that we see the results of it. Love would be a good one. Mm-hmm. We experience love, but we only, we experience it in, uh, we see it in other people, and we see it in uh, affection, one person for another, but it's an intangible thing. But once you've had it, you know it. And, and so I think a lot of us are out of touch with the significant things that go on in our lives, and, uh, and sometimes they just get by us and we haven't been aware at all. And that's sad. Absolutely. So this book really brings us to that sense of being alive and being aware and connected and being yes. able to make the most of life, realizing, of course, that death and dying is a natural part. 
It is a natural part, but I, I think it's very important to recognize that it is a painful part <clears throat> of life. And we, we can't just um, jump through it without ha- a lot of uh, emotional, painful consequences. And, um, I, I, and to deny that and to not allow a child in this case or anybody uh, to go through those stages of, of, of grief would to, is to um, short-circuit the process. And I think a full healing of the emotions can't be had by not paying attention to them and, and helping a child, in this case, work through that pain. It's really important. I, I was with a group of women yesterday, and one was saying after two years, her, I think he's seven, year old grandson was still struggling with the death of his grandpa and she read the book to him and he carried it around for weeks but nevertheless he's still going through the process of grieving his grandpa's death and that's a good point that you bring up Lori is that there's no time frame for that's right that we can say well this is how long it'll take each of us is individual in that regard and i think it's important to allow for for that kind of time frame and you know just to be there sometime just to hold and support the person without even necessarily needing to say anything oftentimes that's true and i think also memories are really important to um, bring out. Remember when you and Grandpa went fishing and he fell in the lake? I mean, that's kind of an overstatement, but nevertheless. And then the child starts smiling and um, uh, uh, laughing even about this memory that was a happy and good memory. So not the death doesn't become the complete and dominant aspect of his memory bank, but also the fun things that they had. One of the things I address in the book is why are people laughing at the funeral? And um, and the reason is they're remembering the good things that happened when with in relationship to the person who has passed. And that it's so important to get those good memories in there so that the the child can feel okay and good about about those uh, stories that, that can come up periodically. <clears throat> Absolutely. And speaking of those, uh, the funeral, the, uh, the memorial services, uh, any kind of gathering after, perhaps soon after someone has died, mm-hmm. and to see the laughter is to realize that it's just part of life, the ups and the downs, and there will be sadness, and there's also joy, because it's, again, part of that whole cycle. Yes, and some of the memories with these pe- with uh, people have died, maybe not so pleasant. There's that side of it, too. And so you, as the parent, grandparent, you have to be prepared for some things that may be more difficult to work through. But one thing that I feel about a lot of this is that you need the tools that will help bridge the gap into conversation. When somebody dies, especially if it's sudden, you 
as an adult with a child, it's very difficult to start talking about what what has happened and how how the child may be feeling. What words? What do you say to the child? And one of the things that I it sounds self-serving, but if you have a book like Can the Sad Come Out in your library, you can go immediately to it and start even give it to an older child who can read it on their own. But it's a tool for addressing the difficulty of the topic, and it gives everybody a chance to have a dialogue that is easy uh, to approach because it's written right there, and uh, through the reading of it and the discussing of it, it gives everybody permission to talk about it. And it's the cover itself is just so inviting. Seeing <laughs> yeah, the, the caterpillar, you. especially for children, it, it's definitely very comforting in that way. And saying, can the sad come out, again, is, I think, so uh, striking, really strong, allowing sadness to come out. It doesn't mean that it's completely going to go away at one time, uh, yeah. there's probably layers of it, and uh, yeah. there will be times that, you know, years into the future, I can still feel the sadness of my dad not being here 20 years later. But yeah. it's not that same level. The sadness is just part of yeah. life, too. Well, that became the title when uh, a six year old, I, the book was prompted by the death of a father of a six-year-old and a three-year-old. They were close friends of mine, and she always used books to kind of help her get through various aspects of life. And um, and she couldn't find anything that was going to be relevant and helpful to a child. So I said, well, we'll just write it, and, you know, it'll be done. Well, that was 40 years ago. And um, so it's taken a while. But the daughter, the six-year-old daughter, came to her after about a month or so after her dad had died, and she just said to her mother, Mommy, can the sad come out? And so I said to my friend, that's going to be the title of the book if it ever gets written. And so I have stayed true to that, and I think it expresses that feeling that you can never get by the pain and hurt where you are in that moment, but it it offers hope and that, the yes, it can. And like you're saying, it becomes a, a different level of acceptance. And then life can go on, and this six-year-old is now going to be 49 next month. And and now has this wonderful book to share with their own family and that's and, right. and bring back that's good right. memories. Yes, that's right. Yes, and and that that was the purpose is to try to bring healing to children with often super inarticulate parents who have decided long before that they don't have that problem in their family, <laughs> and then boom, all of a sudden there it is. And they're speechless often. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And this is um, a great way to prepare, if you will, just just to be aware, to to be, uh, just to have comfort 
going through life. Not that it won't be difficult, not that it won't be sad and painful, but yeah. that the, this awareness is just so critically important. It it truly it truly is. And if you have elderly uh, members of your family and people going through different aspects of of uh, the end of life process, uh, reading this ahead of time, I think, would be really helpful. And uh, and for your for anybody in your family, uh, I know. Uh, and when I was in the rough draft of my uh, of the book, my mother said, "Well, I want to read it," and I said. Well, okay. So I gave her the rough copy, and she got through, and she was in her 70s at the time. And um, she said, well, I need this book. (laughs) I said, well, okay, you know, good. When I get it published, I'll give you a copy. I was surprised at that because I was so focused on children. Yes. And um, But uh, honestly, over the last two and a half, three years, my insights have broadened, not because of me, but because of people who have come to me and talked about that. So the thing is to, therefore, as I had mentioned earlier, about being uh, having open hearts and open minds, because mm. we can find whatever answer we might need in a challenging or difficult situation with a child, with an adult, with certainly with teenagers, when we think about life these days and the challenges that a lot of young people face because there's so much suicide that goes on. I think here, again, there's a great level of comfort. I would certainly hope so. And because sometimes I think as children, and even as adults, we hit walls in our lives and we can't see any way around or through them. And I'm, I appreciate what you're saying because I do think the book gives hope and a, a sense, a perspective that there's more to life and that struggle is normal and that, and that we are able to survive and that God's on our side and that he loves us and he's there for us. And with that kind of perspective, I think it gives a little more courage to find out what's going to happen next kind of a thing. And I hope that's one of the results of this book. And as you were saying that, Laurie, I was just thinking about that piece of struggle, realizing that, again, struggle being a natural part of life, that just because it's happening doesn't mean something's really wrong and life's not worth it. That is another way that it can give us hope. That's exactly right. Well said. (laughs) So this book, Can the Sad Come Out, as we've been discussing here for the last little bit, is really for each and every person, there's some kind of gift to be found within the covers. There's not a lot, I'm going to say maybe 20-some pages, right, Lori? It's 31. Okay. It's a little long. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, it's about 31 (laughs) pages. But the thing about having the book is that you can select what you want to share. A friend of mine who is currently dying of cancer, a couple of weeks ago, she read the book with her 11-year-old granddaughter. And the two of them just sat together, and the granddaughter knows that her grandma is dying. And my friend read part of it, but the granddaughter came to my house, and one of the things she said as she was leaving, she said, 
my grandma and I are reading your book. And I went, oh, wow. I said, is it helping? And she said, yes, it is. So, I mean, that's going on currently in my life. And uh, I think um, there's a lot to be said that the person who is dying is trying to help their granddaughter get through saying goodbye to her grandma while the grandma is still alive. They live in another state. But that this child is feeling some comfort coming by having the book being read and having this very personal experience with her grandmother with it. It's very powerful. Such a Mm -hmm. gift and a blessing. So, Lori, we can get more information. You have a website dedicated to the book, correct? Correct. And it is? Uh, Canthesadcomeout.com. And so the book can be purchased through that and no doubt we can go to our favorite book sources and ask them to about the book they either have it on their shelf or they can order it for us yes the the best source at this point it would be amazon it's on there and if you put the book name in the little zone for what you're looking for it pops right up that's excellent. And let's spell your last name in case they need to put in an <laughs> author, uh, because it sounds easy, and it is easy, but still, the spelling is? T as in Tom, R as in Robert, A as in Apple, C as in Cap, H as in Hat, T as in Tom, A. It's not so simple. <laughs> <laughs> well... You know, the thing is, what you have written, there's a simplicity, yet it's really complex, and then it comes back to simplicity. Bottom line is it's critically important and such a a huge help for each and every one of us. And Lori Tracta, I am just so grateful that you have finally written the book, that we've been able to really share it with so many more people. Can the sad come out? Thank you so greatly. Oh, well, thank you been a joy. And with that, we're at the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Lori Tracta and Sunday Morning Magazine with the Sharif family, Kieser, Nikki, and Nihat, who are with the Muslim Community Resource Center in Redmond. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email K-A-T-E-D at warm1069.com and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 1069 webpage. Click on the On Air tab, then Sunday mornings, and look for the show and guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of exploring the gift of a big and generous heart of love. Have a week of the same and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9.